At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. things everyone wants more all we can do is wait for season four i thought in the meantime that it might be fun to read every comic and book in what I call the Stranger Danger Book Club ah, Stranger Danger Book Club ah, Book Club ah, Stranger Danger Book Club Hello, my stranger friends. We are finally back again. Won't it be nice when we're back actually talking about real Stranger Things episodes? Like season four for real? I think the last thing I saw was, was it um, Gaiden Marazzo? I'm sure I'm getting his name wrong. 
He said, like, hopefully uh, 2022. 2022? But it's 2021 right now. Wait, I got to wait another year? Come on, man. We're waiting. Everybody here, everybody hearing my voice right now is waiting and waiting. And what do we do in the meantime? What do we do while we're waiting? Well, if we can't watch Stranger Things, we read about Stranger Things. And that is what these bonus episodes are. Stranger Danger Book Club, where I'm basically going through everything that I can find that is, quote-unquote, official Stranger Things um, uh, books and comic books. The last time you heard from me was for Runaway Max, uh, a novel. Uh, and this time I'm back with another Dark Horse comic, uh, Stranger Things Science Camp, where um, I'm trying something a little different. I'm going to do something a little different. So this is a four-part comic book series, and I've read the first two parts, and I'm going to talk about those. Then I'm going to go away and read the other two parts and talk about those. Now, by the, um, by the, the technology known as editing, the magic of editing, uh, it's going to be like a snap of the finger instantly. Here I am talking about the first two. Here I am talking about the second two. Um, but I thought this would be a fun thing to do so I can kind of guess where the story's going. I don't know how it ends yet. So uh, if you haven't read it, then there's going to be some spoilers, but not until the very end because I don't know how it ends. Uh, once again, this is written by Jody Hauser, who has written all the Stranger Things comics uh, so far. We're talking Six, Into the Fire, the original series, what was that, The Other Side. Uh, everything has been written uh, by Jody Hauser, and I've enjoyed pretty much all of it. Now, it's this one is, uh, the, the artist is Edgar Salazar. He does the pencils. The inks are by Keith Champagne. I think I'm saying that right. Colors by Marissa Louise or Louis or Louis. And letters by Nate Pikos. Pecos. And covers by Victor Calvacheva. I'm sounding it out. That's how I was that's how I learned to read. Sound it out, Michael. Sound it out. Now, before we get into um, into this episode more, I thought it would be nice to uh, give a few shout-outs. First, I want to give a shout-out, and I I think I missed this before. That's the reason I'm doing it now, because I don't think I did it before. I ha- we had a uh, YouTube... YouTube? What, what am I? We had an iTunes review that um, I didn't... I don't think I've talked about, and I believe it was done before I even did the uh, Runaway Max. And if I did already talk about it, well, I apologize. And guess what? You get to hear it again. You get a double shout-out. This is from Gadget CGD. It's from February. I feel like I, I did this one, but I don't remember. Maybe it's just because I've been reading it for so long. It says, this is awesome, like the best. Thank you. And spoiler alert, there will be a season five. How do I know this? I'm in it. I don't know who I'm going to be yet. I'm so excited. So that's cool. They've already started casting people, and this person has been cast in season five. Hmm, maybe we have someone on the inside we can get some inside information on. Uh, but that's season five. We, we got we to get to season four first. We are, we are like, really, oh, it's just like, it feels like it's so close. 
and yet so very, very, very far away. And the other shout-out I want to give to is uh, to somebody on Twitter. Now, this person might not hear this uh, shout-out for a little while because... um, well, because uh, she is not caught up yet. So she's listening. She will be caught up. So you're hearing this in the future. Ooh. Big shout out to Jay Lee Parker on Twitter. Uh, I hope she doesn't mind me giving her Twitter account out. Looking for followers at Jay Lee Parker one. That's J-A-Y-L-E-E Parker one. And um, I'm going to read her tweets. It says, hey, what's up? I really like your podcast. I listen to it every night before I go to bed. Me too. I don't really. I don't listen to it myself. I do listen to podcasts when I go to bed, though. I really like it because Stranger Things is my comfort show. So it's really nice to listen to someone else who loves the show as much as I do. Just talk about it. As simple as it is. That is, that is kind of what my goal was. Just to kind of talk about it, get deeper into it. Uh, so she says, I'm only on episode 24. And I only briefly took a look at your account, but I saw that you might be making episodes about the comics. Here we are. We're, we're, you're like, this is so meta. She, she thinks she heard about me making episodes about the comics, and I'm talking about her making, uh, mentioning me making episodes about the comics in an episode about the comics. I mean, this is like, I want to spin the top because I think I'm an in inception. I don't know what level of dream I'm in. Uh, she says, Probably not going to get to it for a while because I still need to read the comics, LOL. Well, when you get there, hi, Jaylee. Uh, but anyway, just wanted to share my appreciation for the podcast. It's the only podcast I've ever consistently kept up with. That's awesome. Thank you. you you're more consistent than I am. And, and I'm the one who makes it. And I'm very grateful that it exists. It's truly perfect in every way to me. That is so nice. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jaylee. Also, don't ever apologize for the clips being too long. I love them. Thank you. That's how, that's how I make the, the episodes really long, by just adding long, long um, clips. And they're like, wow, he talks two hours about Stranger Things? No, he talked 45 minutes, and he had an hour and a half of, uh, I know the math doesn't work up, but you know what I mean. Anyway, thank you, Jaylee, so much for the shout-out. Uh, again, that's Jaylee, J-A-Y-L-E-E. Parker one on the Twitter. Now, shall we? Without further ado, let's jump into Stranger Things Science Camp. So the first issue, um, it's weird because it starts off where it looks like uh, it's like this woman running through a camp. Probably she has a uh, shirt. She's running through the woods. We don't know where she is yet. But she has a shirt on that says Camp Nowhere, 1985, which... No is spelled K-N-O-W, you know, like knowledge. And um, that we know is where Dustin went uh, for the summer between episodes two and episodes three. She's running along and she um, she trips. She is like falls. She seems like she's exhausted. She looks uh, into, I know, she sees this view of these mountains and this lake and she screams, no, and that's it. But uh, it's funny, this first page, just seeing someone in the woods running and the art, it really reminds me of, I don't know if you've ever read the comic Morning Glories, which I read, and then I feel like 
I fell off, like I kind of fell, lost track of it. I know there's 50 episodes, 50 issues. Um, and it hasn't had a new issue in five years, so I guess it's done. But um, I know I read it for a while, and I, and I should go back to it. But this, just this, this page, just reminds me of Morning Glories, big time. If you've if you've ever read that and you see this page, and if you're reading Science Camp, I wonder if you agree. It just kind of gives you that. I don't know. It just reminds me of that. Uh, but what we see is not the next um, page. We see is a camp, and it's just like there's a couple of camp counselors that seem to be kind of jerks to each other. Um, one girl took another, one of the counselors took a hairdryer from another counselor and threw it off a dock. Um, and they're arguing, yada, yada, yada. These are teenagers, like probably Steve, uh, Steve's age, I'm going to guess, around there. Um, you know, like the high school age, like the seniors in high school. And that, that, we just see that little moment. But what we, the next thing we see is a bus and a bunch of kids come off, and we see the star of this series, Mr. Dustin Henderson. And you know how Dustin is. He doesn't care if people think he's nerdy. He doesn't care if people question his teeth. or He doesn't care about any of that. He is brimming with confidence. He, he knows who he is. He's proud of who he is, and he likes who he is. And you could just feel that in this, uh, in this first issue. Like He comes off the bus, big smile on his face. He says, I can almost smell the science waiting to happen. Um, I just wish my friends were here. And, you know, it gives a little flashback about, you know, season one and season two. Kind of like, man, all the stuff we've gone to, you know, this is this is camp. This is going to be easy. Um, it's just summer camp. I can do this on my own without my friends. But then he notices that uh, the biggest problem there is going to be a couple bullies. There's some bullies picking on a kid because he's a he's a public school kid. And um, Dustin's like, you know what? I, I can I can deal with bullies. I've you know. I dealt with real bully stuff. He goes, the line he says is, they're really pulling this bully shit here? I thought this place would be better than that. Man, really wish the rest of the party was here. But then he goes up and he just kind of, um, like, talks these kids into being embarrassed. You know, like, they start making fun of his teeth. He's like, you don't know what this is? You're, you're supposed to be science? He goes, it's basic genetic mutation. You don't know my teeth? Like, what is wrong with you? And he kind of, you know is really brash and really cocky, starts talking about the X-Men, and the nerds, the, the, not the nerds, the bullies are like, um, yeah, we don't need to talk to you, whatever. And, they, and then all the other kids clap for Dustin because he kind of stood up to them. And one of those kids came up and said, like, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. And he says, look, tough guys, tough guy bullies hate looking weak. I figured the smart guys bullies just hated looking like morons. And uh, he he ends up becoming friends with a little kid named the kid's much shorter, so he's a couple of years younger. His name's Steve, and he's like, you know, you know, you're you, that's the same name as one of my best friends. He's like, one of how many friends do you have? So already we're seeing some of these kids as like um, they don't they don't um, they don't come from the same kind of world that 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 Dustin has. So Dustin has this group of friends and these older friends and friends that are girls. You're going to see that coming up too. Uh, we jump over to, it, it's nighttime and we see the counselors and they're talking about how there was almost a fight and it seems like um, two of the counselors are actually betting on when the first fight would be and the winner gets beer and, you know, the other women are like, uh, you know, oh, that's so gross. He's like, lighten up. She's like, no, I just meant the beer's gross. And you got one girl there 
uh, who's new there. She's a new counselor. She's reading the handbook, trying to learn everything. She's like, don't, don't we need to learn everything that's going on here? And um, it's like, you're the new girl. You can put away that book and take a look at the actual world around you. And they're laughing at her because she's like, we need to know this stuff. And he's like, look, we got teachers for that. All you need to know, make sure is like these kids don't set themselves on fire or something like that. Um, he's like, the other counselor's like, just relax. You don't really have to... Um, you don't really have to worry about the kids that much. You know, that's what the teachers are for. And then we see the next day, Dustin, like, loves it there. He's like, there's no tests, no grades. Everyone's there because they want to be the true adventure of learning. And even if my regular party isn't here, maybe there are still some potential new allies. He's, he's showing making a rocket and shooting off a rocket and loving it. You know, he never shies away from loving the stuff he loves. Uh, and that's why... That's why Dustin is so great. Um, he, so he's talking about, um, he's at lunch, we see with some kids, talking about Dragon's Lair and uh, this video game. And he's like, you should see my, my friend Max. She's amazing. And then we do see a little thought where he's like, I just, I just wish she'd feel the same way about me. So he's still pining for Max a little bit here. They show a little flashback to the dance where Max is dancing with Lucas. But back at the camp, the guy's like, wait, you know a girl who plays video games? He's like, yeah, and she's dating one of my best friends. Unless they broke up again. Unless they broke up again while I wasn't there is what he's thinking. Uh, and then these, the two bullies come up and they're like, look, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me trying to press the other losers. He's like, and then Dustin turns around and goes, sounds like you two have never talked to a girl before. And it's great because he's like, these guys have no clue. I'm not even talking about the real crazy stuff back home. And then he kind of goes over quickly about Eleven. And she, we know someone who has the force. They'd piss their pants if they met Eleven. She, even if she didn't make them. I love it. It shows like, like a cartoon version of Eleven dropping a car on these bullies' heads. Then it shows a cartoony version of um, these kids like freaking out as the, uh, as the Demogorgon tries to attack them. He's like, next to what, everything I've seen, these idiots are nothing. And they're like, yeah, we've talked to plenty of girls. We just think you're a liar. And then he starts talking about uh, we have girls that are in our, our Dungeons & Dragons group. And one um, kind of starting to um, like impress them, he says, oh, he's a dungeon master. And he's like, you run your own game? He's like, yeah, you know, sort of. And his little friend Steve's like, maybe you could run a game for us here. He's like, well, um, I don't know. I don't have any of my stuff. And the bully's like, I knew you were full of crap. He's like, you know what? I will run my own game. He was like, I guess we'll figure out if he can or not. But inside, we, th we see his thoughts. He's like, shit, what did I just, why did I say that? What am I even doing? And you forget that Mike runs all the games. He's the dungeon, ma uh, dungeon master. Um, we cut over to nighttime, and we see we're back at um, a cabin. Looks like it's the um, counselor cabin. And one of the girls is like, I think it's the girl who was reading. Yep. She goes, think, they think I'm not fun, huh? I'll show them. So she goes into the cabin. But when she's going into the cabin, we see, the, we see this mysterious shadowy figure behind her. And she's like, aha. She goes and gets a beer. She cracks it open. She hears someone. She goes, hello. I was just taking one of the beers. It's okay. We can share it if you want to. And then the next shot we see. She's like, just don't Paul and Will, just don't tell Paul and Will. Wait, who are you? And we see this dude in a bloody 
wearing a mask and like a bloody kind of looks like a Jedi coat. You know, like I could see Obi-Wan wearing this. He's got blood all over it. And he's holding what look not like a knife, maybe an ice pick with blood on it. And she drops her beer. And that's the end of issue one. So issue one um, introduces us to the camp, introduces us to Dustin loving the camp, the bullies being jerks. Uh, it introduces us to uh, the counselors and they're just kind of there to party. And because it, they say it pays better than other camps, you know, it's not, re- it's not really that much work to do. Uh, we see Dustin get involved with the bullies and really promising his friends that he can do a, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign on his own, even though he really has never done that before. And then finally, we see what what appears to be a um, a, a homicidal killer at a camp um, there to uh, attacking one of the camp counselors. So that's issue one. It gives you that little kind of like classic slasher camp uh, Friday the Thirteenth kind of thing that was big in the ages. Of course, this is night set in nineteen eighty five, so it it fits. Uh, now we're on to issue two, Terror at Camp Nowhere. So this issue. Um, Picks up at the uh, in the one of the camp council's room the next day, and they're like, uh, "Hey, did you hear? Steph uh, quit in the middle of the, the middle of the night. She left a note, but uh, didn't say goodbye to anybody." And like, that's really super dramatic of her. Which one is Steph again? Like these girls, they don't really care. They just says one of the girls left a note saying goodbye and up and quit. But you know what we saw? We saw she got confronted by what appeared to be a murderer. Then we see like the different um, like gossiping going on between the um, the different uh, counselors. It's like then we see two other counselors like she didn't even like she could have said she was having trouble, but she just left a note and said, I quit. Goodbye on her bed. Like use more than three words. You're like, wait, does that mean you have your cabin for yourself? It's like. You know, then this guy goes and talks to another guy. He's like, yeah, it's that quiet one, kind of uptight, but she seemed okay. Happens every year, though. Someone already freaks out, always freaks out and leaves early. And then he's talking to another guy. So it seems like they're trying to trade, you know, going between um, conversations, you know, like telephone. And then he's like, isn't it kind of weird that no one saw her leave? How did she get back to civilization without anyone seeing? It's like, dude, there's a mall like two miles from here. We're not in the middle of the jungle. And... Um, then the last, the last guy is, um, he says, the, the sad part is Chris thinks he had a shot with Don. I mean, it wouldn't be the craziest thing to happen. Like, what does that mean? Had a shot with Don. Does that mean they're, um, they don't even remember her name? I, I, that's what I got out of that. It says she had a shot with Don. Like, her name was Steph. Why did they, they just, I think that's what it meant, is that, you know, they, all they worry about is trying to, like, get in her pants. They don't even know her name. And, um, you know, it's they're like, ah, whatever. They they kind of don't throw it off. But uh, the kids seem a little more concerned with it, or at least uh, Dustin's friend, Steve, his younger friend, Steve. I'll call him Steven. He's like, this is this is pretty scary, right? And Dustin's not really even he's like nuclear binding energy. So they're reading about that. He's like, no, the camp counselor who disappeared. Dustin, you know, Dustin's spidey sense goes up. Someone disappeared. Yeah, I forgot her name. <laughs> Seems like everyone forgot her name. They said she left a note, but oh, and she didn't disappear. She left. And they're like, yeah, but no one knows why. It's like that movie with the guy in the hockey mask that killed everyone in the camp. What if that's happening here? Dustin's like, look, 
Friday the 13th, it really wasn't Jason killing people. It was the mom. Now, spoiler alert for a um, you know, 40-year-old movie. 40-year-old movie. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, he's like, look, Alien's a pretty scary movie too, right? But you'd go to space camp, wouldn't you? He's like, yeah, space camp's cool. He's like, exactly. Besides, if this was a Crystal Lake situation, we would have heard, been hearing stories. I love that he, he's like, yeah, if it was a Crystal Lake situation. Like, he's not worried about it. Everyone knew about this, the kid who drowned there. Here, it's just, it's just science. Yeah, you're probably right. Anyway, um, about that Dungeons & Dragons game you're working on, it's not going to be super scary, is it? And he's like, uh, nope, 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 not super scary. The thing is, Dustin has <clears throat> no idea what he's going to do. He's like, Mike's the Dungeon Master. He's like, what do I do here? Now, now my pride is at stake. Like, he's like, on, on the honor of, you know, his word, he is going to make it work. And while he's thinking about this, he's wandering now on the campgrounds. The bullies come up, and they're like, hey, look at you. You're the public school defender. He's like, is that supposed to be an insult? I mean, because protecting our institution of learning sounds like a compliment. He is really, um, he's really just like, he loves turning on the bullies like with just smarts, and I love it. And his thought is, it's, and it, actually, it's way more dangerous than these losers realize. Um, but he's, he starts thinking about uh, season one, and he's like, well, actually, 11 technically is the public school defender here. And then he just realized something. Wait a second. He's like, you're disturbing the creative process. And this is when it hits them. He, um, he's like, that's it. My dun he goes, what are you thinking about? He goes, my Dungeons and Dragons game, dipshit. He goes, it's going to take place at a school, a magic school with monsters and all kinds of stuff. They're like, a magic school? That sounds stupid. And then he runs off. And the, the, one of the bullies is like, oh, but I kind of would like to play that. I have a feeling one of these bullies, if not both of them, are going to end up you know, apologizing being his friends. Ooh, one of them is carrying a trapper keeper. So this is when he realizes he has such a rich um, life that he's lived the last two years. So many stories. He can't tell his friends here at the camp the truth about it. He can't tell them. He can't, like, tell them all the crazy stuff. But if he made it up, if he used it to make up a fantasy game built around it, they'd think he's some kind of creative genius. Um, and so he... Uh, he shows up at the, um, so he's all excited about this, writing all this down, and then he goes <clears throat> to lunch, and inside the lunch, um, you know, he's just going, he, nothing, we actually don't even follow him, we see him go sit down, but we go over to a table of girls, and, um, you know, they're talking about, just talking about science-y, smart, you know, smart stuff, they're like, the dork was a whole decimal point off, ha, 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 one of the girls is distracted, um, one of the girls in glasses keep, is looking over at Dustin. And um, the girl who was making the joke in the first place notices she's distracted and she says, Hey, Susie, you okay? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, here we are for the first time meeting Dustin Henderson's girlfriend, Susie. I would like you to meet Cerebro. What exactly are we looking at here? An unassembled, one-of-a-kind, battery-powered radio tower. So, it's a, a ham radio. The Cadillac of ham radios. This baby carries a crystal-clear connection over vast distances. I'm talking North Pole to South. I can talk to my girlfriend whenever and wherever I choose. 
girlfriend? Wait, so her name is Susie? Susie with a Z. She's from Utah. Girls go to science camp? Susie does. She's a genius. Is she cute? I think Phoebe Cates only hotter. What's going on? I want to talk to Dustin's girlfriend. Girlfriend? And Susie was like, oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I was... And the girl's like, daydreaming? Yeah, 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 something like that. Listen, I need to go... Um, Go to t- go talk to uh, ask Dawn, I guess the counselor about something, and then the girls kind of notice she's like daydreaming about who I wonder, so she goes over to Dawn, one of the um, one of the camp counselors, and she's like something wrong. She goes, no, not really. I just um, I need to learn how to talk to boys. I've never done it before. I need to talk to boys, and he's like, well, I mean, maybe something sciencey. You you are at science camp. You know, you both have the same interest. She's like, oh, my God, that's perfect. You're a genius. And she just runs off all happy. And she goes over and she sees Dustin. And there he is under a um, under a tree with just notepads going. And he's working like crazy. Um, he even has his tongue out. Like, you know, like, hmm, like he's thinking, hmm. He's got his tongue out of his mouth. He's writing stuff down for his notes. And then you hear, hello, hard at work on all the science, huh? And Susie, this is Susie making her first approach. I mean, she's making the first move. She is trying to meet him. He's like, it's actually a, a fantasy game campaign, Dungeons and Dragons. Do you know it? She says, oh, that's not, I mean, y- yes, yes, I've heard of it. So I promised I'd run a game for some of the guys here, kind of as a favor to them. I mean, I run games at home all the time for my group of friends there, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But aside from not having any books with me, I don't have any dice, so it's coming up with some probability charts to work from. It's not ideal, but the math is right. She's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. He's like, heck yeah, it is. Sorry, I didn't mean to bother you. And then she runs off. He's like, wait, I didn't mean, I goes, oh, I didn't even get her name. So he's all excited about putting his game together. She's trying to just talk to this boy for the first time. He doesn't realize it. He's awkward. She's nervous. She runs off. And that is your, I guess, technically your meet cute moment of Dustin and Susie. Uh, we cut over to a uh, nighttime again, and we see another counselor. Uh-oh. Counselor alone in a cabin at night? That didn't end well the first time. She's like, I really could use that hairdryer. Uh, you know, now she wishes she had that hairdryer. There's a knock at the door. She's like, ooh, she gets all excited. She's like, got her, she's got wearing little short shorts, and she's got her shirt all tied up. So she's, she's excited to um, hopefully see a boy, it sounds like. She's like, welcome to the, huh, Chris? I could have sworn I heard someone. Huh. The door knocks again. She opens it. No one's there. She's like, this isn't funny, Chris. Or whoever. She goes, stupid boys. Always have to be so stupid. She goes, that's it. There's another knock at the door. She rolls up a magazine. And she's like, oh, I think it's the camp counseling book. She's going to smack him. She goes, if he thinks this is going to get him to any bases. Mm, See? She goes, I warned you. I'm armed. And she opens the door. And she goes, and you're, who are you? We see the same, I think it's the same dude. Now the hood is down. It's got like a big, white, scary-looking mask. It's kind of like a Sam Elliott meets um, Albert Einstein. White hair, white mustache. He's holding the bloody, um, the, the ice pick. He's in the bloody Jedi sweater again. She's like, get away from me. She screams. She runs. And um, back in the uh, guy, the boy's um uh, bunker boys cabin they hear a scream and dustin's like did you hear that and steven is like if i say no will it go away because he's afraid 
She's like, look, if something's wrong, we should really stay here where it's safe. Dustin jumps off the bed, doesn't even think about it, grabs a flashlight. He's like, she's like, Stephen's like, no one ever listens to me. And they run off together to, um, to head to the girl's cabin. And they see the light on. They see it open. And Dustin's like, can we not go over? I mean, Stephen's like, can we not go over there? Dustin says, look, if someone's hurt or in trouble. And this is what he does. He, he's seen so many things. He's seen monsters. He's seen people die. He's like, an open door. He goes, why is an open door so scary? He goes inside. Hello? And he, but the reason the open door is so scary is because anything could be inside. It's like, we just heard a scream. We just want to check things here. And there's no one there. Nothing. We don't see any blood. We see some clothing. We Actually, we see all her clothing. The shirt, the bra, the shorts. Uh-oh. Hmm. Maybe it's, I don't, interesting. Is that what I think I see? Are those the clothes she had on? No one else is there. And Stephen's like, there's no one here. And somehow it says, when you see nothing, it's even worse. And that's where issue two ends. And that's where my first read has ended. So I don't know where the story goes from here. thought I'd do something a little different where I kind of go through the comic fully, um, which I think is more fun. Uh, so, wow, we're already almost a half hour in. And I'm only halfway done our story here. So... Where do I think it's going? Well, I have to be honest with you. I don't think there's any murders going on here. I think this is some elaborate um, scheme with the camp counselors, like initiation or hazing or some kind of prank. Um, because let's be honest, if Dustin saw a murder, first of all, he'd come home from the camp early, and second of all, he would have talked about it a little more with uh, his friends. Now, if it was just a prank, he might he would have told them about it eventually, but it might not have been a major deal. But if there was actual murder, um, yeah, it would be a big, big deal. So we're done with the first half here, and uh, I'm going to go read the other half right now. And through the magic of editing, I'll be back in a couple of seconds. Whoa, through the magic of editing, it's only been a few seconds, but I'm going to tell you a secret. It's about nine hours later or so. It is 9.15 p.m. on Monday, but the show is going up tonight. So when you hear this, uh, just know that um, whatever you're doing at 9.15 on Monday, April 26th, I'm here to talk about the second half of Stranger Things, Science Camp, Issues 3 and 4 that I just read, just finished, and now let's go through them. So, uh, Issue 3 opens up with Susie again. Susie actually is going to check on one of the counselors, and she finds she's going to check on Don, who gave her the um, advice to go talk to Dustin, but she's gone. In fact, uh, both of the roommates are gone. The, um, the room is completely cleaned out. And the redhead girl, who I never, I don't know her name, she's like, ah, she probably skipped out in the middle of the night, just like her useless roommate. Any more losers quit with no notice? We'll see, we'll see if there's anyone here to babysit you little nerds. Uh, and Susie's like, that's rude. Uh, then we cut over to Dustin, who is having the time of his life playing um, it was a math 
relay race where they have to run and then do math equations uh, while his friend is trying to ask him about Dungeons and Dragons. Dustin's like, shh, I'm trying to math. You know, the it's what I like about these comics is and knowing these characters is you can hear their voice as they're doing it. Jody Hauser does a really good job of writing like these characters, um, like the characters we know on the TV show. So you can really kind of hear it in your head. I mean, we all hear voices in, in, in your head, right? Uh, we can hear it in your head, the um, Dustin's, you know, voice. And um, I just, I enjoy that. I like that. You know, everyone else, you just kind of, I put a generic voice in my head, but for him, you, I really hear uh, Dustin Henderson. Uh, so they're doing Madly Relay Race, and he realizes that he's, um, you know, he looks over and he sees uh, Susie finished first. He's like, wow, she's good at math. Well, so am I. Um, but he, what he really wants to do is go figure out the rest of this Dungeons and Dragons story that he's putting together as a dungeon master. He sees the two bully jerks and he just flips, flips them off. It was, it was like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to fall nut in front of these losers. Um, he's like, you know, I, I guess it's kind of nice to just have a, something normal to worry about. And as uh, he says that, the next page is a like a full page spread of the killer in his mask. It shows, uh, or whatever this guy is, the killer, the quote-unquote killer. Um, he's got what I assume is an ice pick, or actually it's a screw, maybe it's a screwdriver. He's got a mask on. Uh, you know, with the white hair and the mustache, the mustache, putting the gloves on, putting the, uh, the um, you know, the big Jedi trench coat on or whatever it is. And I guess he's off to find his next victim. But Dustin's in the woods trying to work on the game a little more. And out of nowhere, uh, he hears a noise and he starts yelling like, hey, are you at least smart enough to figure out where you can stick it? Or do I need to draw you a diagram? But it's Susie. And she's like, oh, and she kind of runs off, you know, a little upset. And Dustin, you know, with his potty mouth, says, shit. We cut over to that redhead counselor who is out smoking in the woods. She hears something and she drops her match. It starts lighting a little fire. But she puts the fire out really quick. And she's like, oh, I swear I wasn't. And then we see this killer, like, really hovering over her. And she screams, ah. And as she screams, and runs. I'm wondering. I found a plot hole here. Yeah. Anyway, she screams. She's she runs. She runs back to the cabin, while two of the other counselors are um, are talking about uh, talking about Dawn. Like I can't believe she would have left. It's like, look, man. There's plenty of girls out there. They hear the scream. They see Lori. Okay, that's the redhead girl. Like, what happened? She runs up. She's like, he tr- tried to kill me. Who tried to kill you? She's like, I couldn't see his face. And they say, go find Joshua, who's another counselor. They're like, oh, my God. I, the guy's like, I swear to God, some psycho murderer ruined my hookup with Don. That's what he's thinking about. This is a very slasher movie. Um, we cut back over to Dustin, who finally goes up, apologizes to uh, Susie, who's just kind of standing by herself. She's like, no, I didn't mean to bother you. And he's like, I'm Dustin. Susie, hi. You know, and they finally have their little, uh, you know, handshake well he goes to shake her hand but she doesn't shake it because they overhear um the counselors nearby in their cabin they overhear uh what's going on said he had a mask an einstein mask okay so it was a albert einstein mask and 
he had a screwdriver, so I, I was right in getting, well, okay, I read this already, but I thought it was a nice pick at first, but as I read it now, I see it's a screwdriver, and um, they're like, a, a scary Einstein in the woods? I don't get it. They thought maybe it was a prank, um, and I guess, is this Joshua? I don't know. He's like, he what? Uh, we need to report this. Like, come on, man. It's, I know it's your girlfriend, but the other guys don't want to report it because they're like, let's just figure out what this is first. You know, I don't want to scare things and have the camp closed down. And this Joshua guy's like, this is why. And what if this is why Don and the other girl left? Or what if they didn't leave? Like, you think someone killed Don? He's like, this isn't a horror movie. They'll shut down the whole camp. We'd be out of a job. It's better than dead, which seems to make sense that he's all the stuff he's saying. Uh, but this is when we see Dustin Henderson step into action. He's like, if someone's attacking the councils, we need to figure out who and why. And Susie's like, what about, you know, the kids? I mean, we're just, shouldn't we let the councils handle this? We're just kids. He's like, the councils are the targets. You understand the kids are easy to get to, and they're not going after the kids, which means we're actually safer. Susie's like, you're right. This actually makes us safer than them. She's like, come on. And then Justin's like, hey, wait up. So Susie takes the lead. They run back to their cabin, and the uh, the bullies are in there actually talking to their little, his little friend Stephen uh, about the um, Dungeons and Dragons game. You know, like it's not too scary. We wanted to see how amazing your Dungeons and Dragons game is going to be. We thought maybe we'd see how good you actually are. Dustin's like, look, there's no time for that. We have serious stuff going on. They don't believe it right away, but then um, Susie sticks up from. Oh, first they said you're just too chicken, you know. He's like, no, he's not. He's been working hard on this game. Uh, for everybody, and I bet it would have been great. And Steve um, Dustin's like, "Wait, you you were watching me?" She's like, um, "Just kind of." Sorry, I didn't really. I, I shouldn't have. He's like, "No, no, no, no. I, I didn't mean." So you can see they're kind of having their awkward moment. And little Stephen, I call him little Stephen. Uh, sorry, but why are we canceling the game? And you know they're like the the bully's like, "Cause he's a chicken." But Susie steps right up and says, because the camp might get shut down. I do like one of the kids says, but, but the science. We'd have to go back home, and why would they do that? And then Susie and Dustin kind of um, they talk all over each other. I like how they do this. The word bubbles are set up where you go from one back to the other. They just explain everything that's going on. And they're like, you know, really, it's like they'll send us home. Someone's attacking the counselors. Uh, and another and another one just got attacked, and we heard her telling the others, and the councilors all, and if the councilors all quit or if this place is unsafe, they're going to close it down. They're not like worried about their lives; they're worried about the science camp being closed down. And they're like, "Well, how do we how do we stop it?" And Dustin says, "It's time for a real life adventuring party." And one of the um, like the one of the kids, it's not Stephen, I don't think. He's like, "This doesn't sound very safe." And that's where issue three ends to be continued, even though it's really to be concluded. We jump over to the final issue of Stranger Things Science Camp, issue number four. And now when I see the mask on the cover, it obviously is Albert Einstein. When I first saw it, I thought it was like in a like a nun in a scary mask, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So Dustin and his friends are or Dustin and his group are out, um, you know, looking for, I don't know, the killer, I guess. And Susie is like, it's this way. And the other guy, she's like, you know, we hear Dustin's thoughts. He's like, this isn't my normal party, but, you know, that's not the worst thing. 
And then he sees the bullies being jerks and they're like, well, okay, in other ways it really is the worst thing. Um, but they're off looking for, you know, um, they're off looking for something, for clues to help somehow. And some of the kids stayed behind and the bullies are like, Ooh, at least we're not, you, you know, you're not cowards like the other chumps in the cabin. And Dustin's like, look, just because people aren't up to chasing psycho killers, it doesn't make them cowards. Um, but it totally makes us braver, right? Anyway, um, he's like, one of the kids is like, what makes you think we can do anything? And Dustin's like, I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, and I don't believe in running from a fight. Not anymore. Um, that Dustin, he is the man. It's, yeah, they're, but they're also like, oh, I'd rather be playing Dungeons and Dragons. Wait. And he's like, wait a second. The bullies, they want to play too? Oh, yeah, kind of. And this is when they sort of become friends, which I had a feeling would happen because they, they, they insulted each other a little more. And Susie's like, enough. Can you be jerks later? This isn't helping. And that's when he gets their names. And wait a minute. One of the kids is like, wait, you don't know my name? And Dustin says, I've kind of just been calling you that asshole. And he's like, I'm Trevor and I'm Dean. So now... They know each other. Um, and what I love is Dustin's kind of like, okay, we don't know what we're dealing with here, but uh, we barely have a description of the guy. And Susie's so like, or girl. Girls can be murderers too. Uh, and this is when they try to come up with a plan. Um, the plan is to stick together. But um, Susie at one point's like, this is all your idea, Dustin. What do you think we should do? And Dustin's like, sounds like she really wants me to be in charge. Wow, I read that question. Wrong the first time. I thought it sounded like she wants to be in charge. But um, I think Dustin likes, you know, being in charge. Because when you think of the Stranger Things crew, you don't think of Dustin as in charge. You kind of think of Mike as in charge. I don't know why. Or really, you think Eleven is in charge. Uh, but with the four boys, you think Mike. Um, he seems like the leader because he was kind of the main kid starting off. Um so they're like, all right, step one, we stick together. Step two, we find the target. Um, and, you know, one of them's, they're arguing back and forth, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he thinks to himself, step three, don't kill Trevor because Trevor's being a little bit of a jerk. We cut back to the counselors and um, they're like, you know, we'll take care of whatever, just get some rest. He won't come here looking for you in the cabin. We're going to put an end to whatever's going on, I promise. So they leave uh, the girl alone in her cabin, which seems to be a little bit of a clue right now. This is when the three of the three guys are like, um, one of them is like, we have to report this to the camp owners, okay? I know you're worried about losing your job, but this is serious. And one of the kids is like, look, we don't even know if this is a prank, coincidence. We don't know what it is. We don't want to lose our whole summer without looking into it first. And this guy's like, fine, two hours, and then we report it. So they go off into the woods looking, you know, start looking. They hear a noise. They're like, did you hear that? And it turns out that it's just the kids. Uh, the kids realize they're going to start following the counselors um, because they are going to shadow them. And if because of this guy or girl or whatever is going to come out and attack them, they'll be there to stop it. That's their whole kind of plan. Um, but at one point, you know, we see a flashback of the underground of the you know like the season two where they're in the not the upside down but the underground you remember like where there was it was building all its tunnels 
He's like, I wish Steve was here. He knows he knows better than to treat me like some kid because the kids are arguing with each other. He's like, maybe we should, um, you know, catch up with them. He's like, look, this is step four. We follow the counselors and let them be bait. If the killer goes after them, we take the killer down. And one of the kids goes, I think you forgot step three. But remember, he said to himself, step three was kill Trevor. <laughs> Not, don't kill Trevor. So the counselors um, walking along, and there we see uh, Scary Einstein pop out of the woods, go right up to one of the kids, the, the, the boyfriend there, and stab him right with the screwdriver. When I, said, when I saw that, I was like, wait, what the hell's going on here? We see blood coming out of his stomach, and he's like, what the? He's like, it hurts, it hurts. And then, get him! And all the guys, all the kids, with Dustin in the lead, all the kids seem to be jumping out of a tree or jumping. They're running right at the killer. They attack. The, the screwdriver goes uh, over. The kids bring, this, bring the, the, monster, the killer down. They're like, what the hell's going on? I've got the weapon, and I've got the mask. And they take it off, and it's the redhead girl. Get off me, you brats. But, but you were attacked. Laurie, did you really just attack your own boyfriend? Um, it turns out, no. Dustin goes, you have a lot of explaining to do. And she's like, I don't answer to you. She goes, fine. Joshua's fine. It's not a real screwdriver. So it was a retractable screwdriver. He had a blood pack going on under his shirt. This whole thing was an elaborate scheme for them to get the camp to close down because they want to quit. Because they're little rich kids, and they don't want to work here anymore. They want to quit the camp. Well, they can't quit the camp because there's these like, my dad would kill me if I just quit. Same with Laurie's parents. We figured if we scared enough councils off, the camp would just get shut down. And Dustin's like, so you'd ruin everyone's summer just because you're too much of a coward to talk to your dad. Which I thought was really cool. Um, do you know how important this is to us? What it means to come to a place where science and math are actually cool? Dustin just completely, you know, like obliterates him with a monologue. And then the other camp is like, not to mention the kid, some of us who actually need this job. And he looks like he's going to beat the crap out of this kid. Um, but there's like, don't worry, you, you're going to get fired now. Um, so like, so Don isn't dead? Like, no, you idiot. And um, Susie's like, you know, that was a pretty amazing speech, Dustin. And uh, not the worst thing anyone said, I guess. And they're like, yeah, it was, it was good. And so even the bullies seem to like him now. And they're walking back to the camp, and you see kind of Dustin glance over at Susie. I, I, think she, I, think, I think he fancies her. But where are those other kids? Where are those other girls? Did they just get scared off? Is that what happened? Like, scared them enough to just leave in the middle of the night? Um, and why did we see the redhead girl get attacked in the woods if it was her boyfriend attacking her? Maybe in case someone was watching? I, that has to be the only thing. In case someone was watching, they'd see that, or they'd think it was real. Uh, and I did notice that when the boyfriend left the girlfriend, like, you can stay here in this cabin alone. That No one will look for you here. And they go off. That gives her time to go back, put the outfit on, and head out for her fake murderous spree. But I was right. It was kind of not a Scooby Gang thing. You know, not, there was not a real crime going on here. But it was just an elaborate prank. Still something I would probably tell my friends about, but not that big of a deal when you realize all the craziness that Dustin has dealt with at home and the fact that he, um, he, he, he now has a girlfriend. He doesn't have a girlfriend yet in this story, but 
we know uh, that um, when he goes back to Hawkins, he's got himself a girlfriend. So there's a few pages left in the story. Let's see where we go from here. So it looks like it's the next morning because I think they're eating. Well, is it pancakes? I can't tell what they're eating. I thought it was going to be breakfast. It looks like one of them's eating pancakes. But now I see a lot of green on Dustin's plate. And I don't know. It looks like maybe a... Oh, maybe. I don't know what the hell it is. No, it seems... I think that's bacon, eggs, pancakes, and something green. What that would be. I don't know, but doesn't matter. <laughs> I spend the next 45 minutes trying to dissect what they're eating. I think it's breakfast uh, because they're, you know, one of his friends, his friend Steve, is, Steven is like, you're going to reschedule the game, right? He's doing it with his mouth full and Dustin's like, gross, dude. He's like, I guess I can. We have a few more weeks. But then he tells him the truth that he's never been a dungeon master before. And Steven's like, well, I've never stopped a murderer before, but I, I guess this is the summer of doing new things. He's like, I don't care if, if it's the best game ever. I, I just want to have fun and fight a dragon. Dustin never won to let someone get away with saying something. He's like, first, remember, there wasn't actually a murderer. And second, if I threw a dragon at you guys right away, you guys would be paced. Um, and then he says, you still want to play, right, Susie? And Dustin has this look on his face like, oh, boy. Here comes that girl that you can see he's starting to like. And she's like, yeah, I'd love to play. Uh, also, hi, uh, Dustin, can I talk to you for a second? Um, he's like, sure. I, I was done eating anyway. So they head outside, and um, he's like, so what did you want to talk to me about? She's like, well, I wanted to tell you, I really like you, Dustin. You're smart and funny and cool. And brave, maybe the bravest person I've ever met. And I know we really don't, we don't really uh, live near each other. But I was thinking while we're here, maybe it would be cool if you were, you know, like my boyfriend. But only if you want to. He's like, of course I want to. And oh, 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 oh. She's like, oh, okay. I mean, good. She's, he says, I, re I really like you too. And all that stuff you said about me, it goes for you too. Except maybe you're braver than me because you said something first. What I do like, what I really like, is when she says to Dustin, you're smart and funny and cool and brave. Maybe the bravest person I know. The, the panel of art we see is Dustin at the end of season two. This is, you know, right before he goes off to camp with his hair all done at the dance, standing there alone, looking uncomfortable looking awkward, looking sad. You know, like the, the kid at the dance who doesn't have anyone to dance with. That's before Nancy came up and made him feel really cool. Um, so it's like juxtaposed of, of him, how he felt at that moment. And then a short while later, there is someone out there who thinks he's smart and funny and cool and brave. And, you know, like someone who really is interested in him. Like at that moment, he probably thought no one, no one feels that way. They just think of me as the, the, the goofy guy. But um, it, it's it, you, it's dawning on him that there is someone who feels that way. And he feels the same way, too. And it's dear old Susie. She's like, I know the camp is only for a few more weeks. It's like, yeah, we can figure that out later. Um, she's like, hey, did you want to uh, do something together for a talent night? It's like, sure. I don't have anything planned yet. I was thinking of singing Neverending Story. Dustin says, I love that movie, but that's not exactly a duet. She's like, we could make it one. Boom, foreshadowing. 
Love it. The end. So this was a fun story again uh, because we got to – it wasn't so much of a story that like – we needed to know it. You know, I don't like that. Like, oh, we're introducing a character. Like if we saw Susie in this first and then we saw her on the show, it's like, oh, are we supposed to know about this first? But I love meeting her through the show, then going back and this kind of filling in some of the holes that if you didn't read it, it means nothing about the show. It means nothing to the show. You don't miss a thing. But um, for the sake of kind of, you know, uh, loving Stranger Things, it just kind of adds some, 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 I don't know what the word is, like some filling. It just gives you, it just adds more to it, more to the character. Um, and they got to have some fun little adventure that they thought they were solving a murder that turned out to just be a bit of a prank. Or a pr- not just a prank on the kids, a prank on the whole camp. And kind of a low-level low prank, like low-life prank where these two rich kids who don't even need the job just are too, like... They're too um, scared to just quit or do something else, so they try to get the place closed down. Really, um, you know, just jerky, jerky stuff. But uh, that's it, my friends. We did it. Stranger Things Science Camp, the, uh, the latest edition in the Stranger Danger book club. Now, I was looking, and it looks like there are, at least on my list, there's two other um, comic book series. The Stranger Things Zombie Boys, which I don't know what the heck that is, and Stranger Things Dungeons and Dragons, which just came out like in February, which is also written by Jody Hauser. Now, the Zombie Boys was written by Greg Pack. Uh, this came out, oh geez, it came out last January. It's not, it looks like it's its own little side story, and um, I'm not even sure if it's a collection. Or if it's just its own little graphic novel. It says here graphic novel. I, I, I think I got to read it, don't I? I mean, I think at some point I'm going to have to read that one. Uh, but definitely going to be reading uh, Dungeons and Dragons going forward. And this summer, I think it's the end of June, we have the, um, is it Rebel Robin? Book four, novel four. So we still have plenty of things to read, plenty of things to talk about while we wait and wait and wait for Stranger Things Season 4 to come back. But while we're waiting, um, at least we have some fun stuff to read. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe news will pop up, stuff will come out, and we can have some other little special little episodes for all of us to sink our teeth into. Because we're, we're waiting. Oh, we're waiting so much. Anyway, folks, that's it. We nailed it. So I want to thank you so much for listening, so much for subscribing. And I want to tell you, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Geek Mentality. Okay? And again, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to throw out a, a plug, a shameless plug for another podcast that I'm doing. Now, I feel like this was the first time I did this for one of the Stranger Things comic books where I go through and kind of go through the whole story with you. That's because that's the way I do it on another podcast I call Reaction Comics, where I'm reading all the old Superman comics and kind of reacting to them as we go through them. Um, there's 10 issues, 10 episodes up there right now. So if you just go to fansandexperts.com or if you search Reaction Comics, wherever, wherever podcasts are available, you can check that out there. Um, and look, it's Superman. It's, these, these comics are in 1930s. 
So it's not exactly the same audience, I think, of, of, of people who, who love Stranger Things. But there's got to be some sort of crossover where someone out there likes Superman and these old comics. And these things are so old that they're funny in their own way that at the time probably seemed pretty normal. But when you read these things that are like 80 years old, um, they're just kind of it's, – it's, it's fun to laugh at them. And that's what I've been doing. Plus, it's cool just getting the history of my favorite superhero, Superman. So that's a podcast, but also uh, there's an Instagram, Reaction Comics. So if you go to Reaction Comics on Instagram and check that out too, uh, I would appreciate that. But um, this is a Stranger Things podcast. And um, look, I look forward to reading the next comic book uh, and maybe the next couple of comic books before we get to Rebel Robin. Uh, But it'll probably be a couple of weeks until you hear from me again. Um, But until then, my friends, I want to thank you again for listening Thank you so much for subscribing. And remember, reading is fundamental. And you can't spell fundamental without F-U-N. Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.